Welcome to The Alexander Standard. Today's episode, Crossover? I have a question for you. Do you think you can rule Persia? And we have an answer for you. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Welcome, everybody, to a -a one-of-a-kind collaboration between our two podcasts. On one side, So You Think You Can Rule Persia. And on the other side, The Alexander Standard. So, um, my name is Umberto, and I am one of the hosts of So You Think You Can Rule Persia. My pronouns are he, him. And hello, my name is Serial. I am the other host of So You Think You Can Rule Persia, and my pronouns are they, them. Hello, my name is Dustin, one of the hosts of the Alexander Standard, and my pronouns are he, him. Hi, my name is Meredith. I'm the other host of the Alexander Standard, and my pronouns are she, hers. And this is the crossover that everyone asks for, and if they didn't ask for it, they're still going to get it, because we all knew it was going to happen one day. It had to happen. Like Alexander's death, it always had to happen. When you have a bunch of Alexes that are just rattling around in the barrel of cyberspace, they've got to meet at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it does beg the question, does it not? S.R.E.L. eloquently asked, who can rule Persia? Or can you rule Persia? God, there's just going to be... Well, we're still trying to find the answer to that question. It's been some episodes. We still have some more to go. Yes. Um... But we do remember the couple of episodes we dedicated to Alexander. Oh, Alex. Oh, the son, the prodigal son. What a brat. The golden boy. The completely unhinged idiot. I I have so many opinions about this man. Yeah. Every <laughs> not, time. No, most of them not great. Yeah, every time, Sariel, I would listen and I would hear you rage about Alex, I would just nod in agreement wherever I was. <laughs> we love yes. him. We hate See, him. Somebody else agrees with me. I know. Well, and I, I also was like, all right, like, it's not just Dustin, like, filling my head with all these ideas for years. I'm like, no, other people don't like him either. Yes. So we thought it was, as we said, inevitable, obligatory, uh, or just downright a cool idea for us to join our two podcasts together for a brief crossover. We might do again. Who knows? And since we talked about the same guy and his brother and his son so, and all of his co-workers, yes. could let's just compare notes. <laughs> sure, you can call them that. Oh my gosh, toxic. And see what we thought. And we uh, posed the question to all of you, and we had three an- three replies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had three, three excellent replies. Three thousand million excellent replies. So we're answering all of these questions today. And I'm already talking too much. So we're just going to toss it Let's back and to forth. It. Yeah, man. Do it. Yeah, we'll have fun. We'll laugh We'll laugh at Alex, wonder why he didn't stay home and if things would have been better otherwise. That's a question. That's an option. Who knows? So because we're being so cordial with each other and like asking like who's going to go first and just deferring to each other, I think I'll just be the funny guy. And I have one that I have that's been burning that I'd want to ask. Go for it. So in your in in episode eighteen, uh, so the the part one of Alexander the Great for you, 
Um, Umberto, you mentioned that you speculated that when Alexander, after the Battle of uh, Granic, uh, Battle of Essos, when he's the second time around, he defeats Darius and he's swinging down through mm -hmm. Lebanon and Egypt. You mentioned, or you speculate, that it's possible that Alexander was doing that because he was trying to prevent someone from cutting off his supply lines or hitting him in the flank. And my question to you then was, how did you get so tall? <laughs> well, it was a lot of food and time and genes. And all those work together quite well to ensure that I would grow up to be tall. At least taller than Alexander, yes. which apparently doesn't take much. Ooh, shots fired! <laughs> shots fired. Listen, I... I have many bad opinions about Alexander. I don't like him that much, but I am here for short king representation. <laughs> and I'm just happy that he is like around my height for once. So stop this nonsense. Stop it. How tall, <laughs> how tall? Nobody's allowed to make fun of Alexander being short. Uh, well, that's a good question, Meredith. Look at you coming in with the actual question. Um, How tall was he? Yeah, like, I mean, we know <laughs> short, but what is short? And if you can't hear it, I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> Th those are not audible, usually, yeah. Audio. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure that uh, everyone can hear it this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, did you see anything of, like, an estimate of, like, how tall he was? I, I can't remember what the source for this was, but I think it was comparing him and porous but i think it's he was roughly five feet or 150 centimeters tall okay oh, so I that would him. that actually would yes. be short for the ancient yes. world yeah macedonians are small people and if you look at their faces you you punch them and you'd hurt your hand yes yeah no they, they were they were definitely a, a stocky um people Indeed. and i mean that in the as a person who's prob who probably would be described as stocky himself. Well, Meredith always calls me short, but I always remind her that I'm average height for an adult male. <laughs> but, um... Your average height for the time, like Napoleon. But I'd be a giant Macedonian. And that's kind of my point, yeah. It's, um... Because when we say that he's short, what the, I mean, we have to keep in mind, this is what I, like, I've told my students before, is that, you know, when they watch the movie 300, for instance, which... How much time do you have for the inaccuracies, yes. right? You know, that's we, that's that's a given. We have a we full episode exactly for it. We had exactly one full episode for it. So, you know. Oh, yeah? If you want to check it out, you can. Is that on the Patreon? No, it's on the regular feed. It's like a 30.5 or something. Oh, it's but, our yeah. upper, uh, April Fool's episode. So Yes, exactly. Brilliant. <laughs> the Snyder Cut. Nice. Well, everyone go listen to So You Think You Can Rule Persia's 300 review. But I would always tell my students, like, aside from everything everything the any impression that the spartans were these ginormous bodybuilders needs to be disabused immediately because every greek in the ancient world would be like five foot four 150 pounds soaking wet so if we're saying that alexander is smaller is shorter than that that's saying something man yeah listen um i know i am short right i am we pass no judgment sario <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. I, I'm just saying, like, I'm 154 or, like, 5 foot uh, 1 inch for those of you with freedom units over there. Uh, and, and, like, it's honestly, it's more noticeable when, uh, when I am uh, further up in Europe, because I live in, you know, I live in Germany. But, like, 
I am Spanish and around the people I grew up with, it's more of an average height. So it's definitely what is short and what is tall. It depends where you are and who you're with. So Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of, of Alexander as being... Um, of having like the crooked head though i felt that to, i found that to be a very fascinating description <laughs> of him that's that's a very common pose in all, in all the busts it's just sort of like slightly looking to the side i think it's just the aesthetics he's a confused yeah. puppy yeah mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I do get that impression of alexander as perpetually confused puppy but then a, a confused puppy who answers that confusion with rage yeah, no, he's not. He's not as lovable or cute. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, you can t- you can tell he liked the Iliad since it starts with rage, and I feel like that's his thought process. Sing as well. to me, muse of the anger of Achilles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he took that part of Achilles. You know, the, the murdering <laughs> that part, and then stopped. And he was like, "I've got all I need to know." Yeah, mm-hmm. that actually is something else. Like whenever I would tell my students, whenever like I, you know, they're forced to read part of the Iliad or something like that, I'm like. I know this is dusty, you know, Western literature. I get that, you all. And yes, even I'll tell you, it's boring in places. But then I like lean in. I'm like, but y'all, you want violence? You need to read this. Because Homer has way too much fun thinking of interesting ways he can tell you how a spear went through somebody else. And I feel like yeah. the Alexander's the fan. He didn't have to describe every detail, yeah. you know? Like, it would have been fine. But so, <laughs> yeah, it's like, we didn't, so it's like, we didn't need to know that. But I know it now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Homer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, I know one yeah. thing I wanted to start off with that maybe we can splice to the front. Um, I yes. wanted to take this opportunity to finally say how much of a fan I am of So You Think You Can Rule Persia. Oh, that's oh, so sweet. Well, that's thank very you. kind of you. Thank and, you. And if you haven't... We, we don't know what we're doing. We're very new at <laughs> same. this. Same. So, yes. you know. Absolutely <laughs> the same thing. I, like, yes. all, the, all the little commercials and stuff... Those those are becoming an act of desperation now because I go into like I have those are excellent commercials and you're actual historians which is you know qualifies you more than us exactly <laughs> no well well I well in turn you humble us with your <laughs> this is such an overlooked period of history um, and it's such an appropriated period of history everyone like I mean Alexander the Great is is the reason for this crossover right I mean so I think that what you're doing is great. And I think it's a great podcast. It's an overlooked period of history. It needs a, a Perso-centric perspective. Like, I had a student once, and he he was Iranian. And he, mm-hmm. he was just frustrated with just all of these portrayals and perspectives that are put forward about Persia. Yeah. So this kind of podcast mm-hmm. works to undo a lot of those problems. You do a great job, and it's hilarious, and it's informative. And what I... As my final comment is, I'm impressed every single time because, like, for instance, the the you know, episodes where we definitely cross over, overlap, mm-hmm. you find things that I didn't even find and I didn't know about. And that is just well, so cool to me. And I'm going to shut up now. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you um, some notes here, Meredith, so if you need to tell me to stop talking at any point, you can okay. just need to write <laughs> on that. I'll just pat your leg. Oh, actually, well, while I have it in mind, I'm going to go for a point that I noticed while listening to your podcast. Let's go. Ready. Because apparently you believe, or at least it feels like you believe, that Heracles, uh, the little lost boy, was actually Alexander's bastard child, while I do not. Oh, no. I think um, 
No, well, maybe we don't really talk about it in the podcast, but that is like a daily conversation around the apartment. I'm like, he wasn't real, though. <laughs> wow, wow. Was he? Was he real? Did that exist? Yeah. I can't. I find it hard to believe that. So we just finished Polly Paracon. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. He sucks. Polly Paracon yeah. links up with this supposed Heracles when he's about 17 years old. Just find some children. And I just kind of find it hard to believe that if he really was Alexander's son, he would have been left alone for 17 years. Um, yeah. So I, I think the most Fair. I'd go is, yeah, maybe there was an illegitimate son. I'm sure he was done away with pretty quickly. And I think probably who Polly Paracon claims to have found was just like a kid. He was like, shut your mouth. <laughs> like that you are. If everything goes well, you'll be king. If not, you kind of well. look like him. You have the hair. <laughs> that confused face. Tilt your head to the side, kid. Tilt it. <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah, I'd, I'd probably take that middle of the road. If he existed, I'm sure he was um, done away with fairly quickly. Do you think he was real? Uh, Umberto, I think, first of all, what a great question. And second of all, I have a complicated answer for you. Ooh, love them. I think that Barcina, Heracles' mom, I think mm-hmm. that probably happened. I've, I was, when we were doing the episode on Polly Paracon and all of them, really, because they've been, they, they cross over so much, I noticed that um, a lot of historians have engaged this debate, and a lot of them are skeptical because they just feel like this was an invented story, but it, at the partition of Babylon, we may recall that Nearchus, another of Alexander's Greek friends, when they were like, what, what, what do? You know, who do we give the <laughs> crown to? Like, Nearchus, you know, is the one that, you know, perks up and he says, like, aha, but there's another one, you know, give it to him, you know, this, this, this child from Barcina. It just seemed like too present of a theme to have been the, the product of fabrication. So I think that the marriage to Barcina was probably a thing. That was probably real. But the idea of did Polypericon actually find Heracles in Pergamum when he was 17 years old? Because as Meredith makes a good point, you think, you mean he was just left alone? No one killed this kid? No, that wasn't that wasn't him. I don't believe okay, that. I think enough. that was, like you all were saying, like, let's just, like, you look like him, tilt your head to the side, you know, get angry for no reason, act like Alexander. Very stable man. Yes, I don't think that was really him. I think the the relationship with Barcina was probably real, and there may have been a Heracles, but he probably would have been murked very soon, very early on. But okay, fair. But enough. the uh, but the academic answer is we'll never know. <laughs> Shrouded in antiquity. Yeah. Well, guess what? We we'll never know anything really because <laughs> you know. That that's when you you're going down the deconstructionist abyss right there because then it's just like does any of this happen? It could have been a giant prank played on us by the Greeks. <laughs> I mean, I'm Somebody just saying just if you're down, going to go thousands of years. if you're going to give me that point of view of like hmm, you know we can't be sure like of course we can't be sure. I <laughs> no, that's fair. Time machines are not a thing, so you know. Absolutely a fair perspective. My long my short answer is I don't think that was him that Polly Paracon found. <laughs> Way too convenient. Yes. Well, I actually have um, a, uh, a, a uh, reply where I have my own question, you know, in response. Mm-hmm. You seem to be of the impression that Arhidaeus 
was much more active than a lot of historians seem to think in the sense that you think did, did, am I getting the impression that, that you feel that he was the one driving the funeral carriage and that he had a say trappy for a time? Yeah, that was, I mean, that was based on the papers of was it Dr. Alexandra Morris, who was very helpful and sent, sent us her uh, doctoral thesis and everything. She'd done some work, work on that in the, in the ancient world. And so, yeah, so that I, I thought it was sufficiently persuasive because essentially the, uh, yeah, according to the papers, it's uh, it looks like there are several Aridaeuses in the around, and the idea is okay, but why does nobody ever specify like Aridaeus son of X or Y? Like they do, you know, Ptolemy son of Lagos or Alexander son of Philip, and so on. But Aridaeus is never specified. It's always just oh, Aridaeus did this, Aridaeus did this, and. It seems like the custom or the consensus was to, you know, say, oh, no, this was one Aridaeus did this thing. Another Aridaeus did this other thing because, oh, he wasn't capable and he couldn't do what, yeah. uh, you know, what is ascribed to him. So I thought it was persuasive enough that it's weird that nobody would specify, oh, Aridaeus, this Aridaeus mm. from Cassander's family or whatever did this thing while the actual king Aridaeus did... Uh, did not so i thought i thought it was persuasive enough and it's probably more i mean you know clearly aridaeus for whatever reason was thought not fit to rule by the nobility he needed a regent but i think it's probably more something that was uh not that he was unable but he was perceived as unable to rule i think that 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 is sort of the image i've formed in my mind of uh, what aridaeus is like Oh, yeah. I think we went over that in our episode on Aridaeus. I mean, it's uh, the multiple theories of, like, you know, was he ever intended to be, like, was he always a placeholder? Was he holding the throne into Alex the Fourth? But, yeah, it just definitely does seem that it was always just kind of held in the background. We ha you haven't, it hasn't been released yet, but, like, I came across um, an, a scene between Polypericon and Aridaeus that actually shows him doing stuff and it's very interesting because mm -hmm. it's exactly what you were saying the whole idea of just kind of you know having people around him to kind of monitor him or guide him you know there's an embassy that's going on and somebody says something they make a joke and then all of a sudden Arhadias just bursts out in laughter even though no one else thought it was funny and then <laughs> some another embassy another envoy told said something to polypericon and polypericon told him to shut up and when he told him to shut up, all of a sudden, Aridaeus just gets angry. And he just grabs a spear, and he was going to stab the guy if Polypericon didn't, like, throw his arms around him and just kind of take him away and stuff right. like that. Yeah, I also I also sort of like the the Uncle Claudius theory yes. for yes. Alexander's reign. Yeah. yeah, that was a really good like, point. Where Alexander murdered the rest of the family. If Aridaeus wants to keep alive he needs to be as unthreatening to alex as possible otherwise he's going to get a spear to the face at some point so because again yeah you know alexander a very calm and reasonable man oh uh, my gosh of course <laughs> personally i'm a fan of this theory because i am a fan of the i claudius story and because it makes a good story i am not a historian and this should not be taken i don't as know like, if i believe it but i think know. it would be it's a good story yeah it makes enough sense in the sense of, yes, Alexander was very protective of, like, his power. And if he felt threatened, there was... 
with his very explosive uh, personality, there was a non-zero chance that he would just get rid of the person that he felt threatened by. Well, that's that's interesting because, I mean, Alexander, on the one hand, this is the problem when you have a bunch of toxic masculine, you know, frat boys um, (laughs) who are told that they're perfect and nothing needs to change about them and they can do whatever they want. They... How could that go wrong? Never, right? It, like, historically, it never ha- never goes wrong. But, you know, on the one hand, they, they just get these dueling kind of perspectives that about them. It's just like, on the one hand, oh, they're so kind, they're so generous, they're so loving, they're so merciful. On the other hand, it's just this, like, hair-trigger rage where they just kill someone for disagreeing with them and stab their best friend and then they have to have you know their their guards come into their tent the next day and like dude you're zeus's son you can't do anything wrong don't you know and then alexander like you mean it i'm okay <laughs> um but I, I say all that because i've always been intrigued by all that all the anger and all of the the irrational um behavior that you're talking about which is all true and yet i always found it kind of endearing that he seemed, Alexander seemed to protect Arhidaeus. Alexander saw, you know, his brother as someone who was vulnerable to manipulation, and that's why he took him on his campaigns with him. Also why he didn't kill him. Um, just the idea that he loved him and he wanted to protect him. Because the moment Alexander died, everyone begins to manipulate Arhidaeus. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And the I, Claudius theory is definitely a good narrative. I guess the only reason I, could, I would struggle getting behind it is because of just that manipulation you see, that everyone's just moving yeah. this, this guy around yeah, like a pawn. And it's... Like I said, good story, probably not really the most, mm. you know, doesn't yeah. have the most uh, weight. But the idea of him flipping out and wanting to spear some guy just because one of his generals got <laughs> mad, that, that tracks. Well, that just yeah. shows the family resemblance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, F- Philip, Alex, and Aridaeus, yeah. Maybe Alex didn't have time to try and murder someone. No, but, uh, no I, I yeah. sit there and imagine that alternative history where they proceed along with this idea of the co-kings of Arhidaeus and baby Alex, and I look at Dustin, I'm like, well, like, one of them was going to have to kill the other eventually. That wasn't going to be sustainable. Yeah, I I just imagined in a world where they continued on once Alex 4 grew up, I imagined one would have had to have knocked off the other. Oh, yeah, because that's the other thing. It's just like, history tells us that co-kings always work. (laughs) It's always an excellent idea. They're, They're only slightly worse than triumvirates. It's perfect. On every time, like that's where, like you know, aren't nerd rages the cutest? Because I go into a nerd rage every time. Like when we would, she'd be listening to Talos Rankium, and which was kind of how that we got started. Because I, I came up, it's adorable. I came up one day, I was like, we could do that, and I don't think there's a lot of other people who do it. And enter the Rexy pod. And I just looked at him. I was like, well, there's all this. (laughs) I'm adorable, but like when she was listening to the episode on Constantine and his sons. And it, wow. she, she like... That's still a source of irritation to yeah. this day. I'm <laughs> like, you had done it, you mm-hmm. stabilized it, yeah. like, as a one person, and then at the end, you're like, let's give it a four. Like, she, yeah. And, and see it, what happens. And it taps into, like, my inner, like, just kind of nerd rage, because I'm like, the Tetrarchy was there, 
had it set up, and Constantine's like, screw it, let's do one. And then, I'll just put it between my sons, they'll get along. And their cousins. Yeah. Which, again, I think is what is the is the value of what we're presenting here in our podcast because people like Constantine or just like Alexander the Great or anyone who has the words the Great attached to their name, they need another <laughs> voice to point out how stupid these people could be sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah, my goodness. They're, the, the, the Greats generally have something horrifying about them <laughs> that needs to be checked in. And if not, that's suspicious. You know, if yeah. not, that's probably because we're going from the mythologized, very, like... Yeah, that's probably because um, they rewrote history to make sure yeah. that it actually looked exactly. good and it was fine. Ooh, speaking of suspicious, I don't yes. I don't think it came up much um, in your episodes on Alexander because you didn't cover Philip, but we covered Philip just as a tester. Do you think Alex had Philip Ooh. assassinated? Yes. That's just what I wanted to talk about, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's definitely an interesting question. Uh, I, th- I, I'm pretty sure that he did. I think that he and Mama Olympias got together and were like, "Yes, let's get rid of Dad. I'll inherit everything. Mom, you kill everyone who stands in our way. Good. Home in time for dinner." Right. Sarah, what did you, what did you what did you get out of that destruction? Did you think it was actually it was actually Artaxerxes the Fourth who wanted to get rid of oh, Philip? Yeah, and things I heard actually about. turned oh, out no, fine. Oh no, no! Like, <laughs> th- there's no way. Like, th- regardless of who did it, I do not think it was Artaxerxes. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, here's here's how I heard that at first. Regardless of who did it, Alexander did it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if it was Alexander, uh, but there's no way. Like, I don't know if it was. An actual accident, I don't know if, if it was, you know. But, yeah, no, we can't go with the narrative of, like, oh, it was the Persians, because, ah, oh, like, I, we were doing some other stuff. Like, I don't know. We were they, doing they, some they other were, stuff. They were busy. I did, we were I, busy having puppet kings. It yeah. Wasn't yeah, that's the other thing, too, yeah. No, just... I, I did love the setup in, in your episode, though, where you're like, you remember how Philip was about to invade, and Sariel was like, yes, you're like, well, he's dead now, so... <laughs> So everything is fine, and the Achaemenid Empire will last for a thousand years, and everything will be cool and fine. Yeah, I mean, like, that Philip was assassinated, like, that's beyond question he was stabbed, but I think for me what sealed it that I... I... (laughs) So you trust that he was assassinated. Fair enough. It's like, no one questions the wonder did he fall on his sword. It's like, no, we all believe the sources are telling the truth. His ass got assassinated. Yeah, but what for me seals it with Alexander's involvement is that it's Alexander's best friend Perdiccas that rides down the oh, assassin right, and then course. kills the assassin. Yeah. I'm like, eh? well, that's what you said. I think one time it's just like you. I mean, the rule number one of assassination: you got to kill the assassin. Yeah, and when yeah. it's your best yeah. friend that goes kills and goes and kills the guy that just killed your father, I have to see a link there. Yeah. Well, but it was it was vengeance. It was you know he he also he loved Philip, and he could not. He had to avenge his best friend's father. Clearly, <laughs> this is how you do things. <laughs> no need for questioning. That that that's for yeah, cowards. Being an assassin is a dangerous job. It also comes out in the next episode. But I'm trying to stop being so anti-Perdican. But this just tapped in that old latent <laughs> rage. It's like when I hear this, I'm like in Perdicus, and I'm like. Perdicus, <laughs> this guy feed your guys to crocodiles. Um, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah, I didn't mind Perdicus too much, but he did. 
it, it just felt like, come on, man, what are you even doing? Yeah, it's just like, I'm going to make a list of all the things that are yeah. going to destroy this empire. And that's my to-do list today. That's how Perticus yeah. woke up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if, if Perticus had actually done a good job if the empire would have stayed together. It probably would have collapsed anyway, but he did not help it. That's true. Yeah, I do think, as a whole, it was unsustainable. Like, I don't think Alex would have held it i kind of feel like the reason he kept traveling around to conquer more things was to not have to go back and kind of settle and say all right how do we oh yeah administer this i'm sure he he like not only what we bring up a lot in our episodes or i bring it up a lot at least is that yeah he was focused on conquering but not on he didn't want to rule he just yeah. wanted to win wars mm-hmm. and you know have like more achievements yeah um but not to actually make a feasible, like, stable empire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I do think, like, it would make sense that he would have the the knowledge or the, the what is this called? The awareness of, I can just push that, like, the longer I stay on this campaign, yeah, the longer I don't have to look at the mess that I actually need to take care of. And who hasn't done that, honestly? Just <laughs> You just procrastinate and you, you do something else and you're like, well... As as soon as I'm done with this, I will take care of this other thing. But I I, I can still work on this first. So I, you know. Yeah. You know. That, you know, real talk, that's something that, like, has a lot of historical precedent. And it's one of those things that it's subjective and circumstantial when you analyze it, so you really can't prove it. But it does seem to be an undeniable correlation that these huge conquerors, like, once they stop everything they had, like, false part, like, like the, the Mongols, um, mm. you know, like, that empire lasted forever attila the huns empire lasted forever um and and, yeah and that's like when people would push back against me and like and i kind of admit that i'm doing it to stir it up when i talk about so much crap about alex but you can't deny it all these things and all these things can't i take nothing away from him he's brilliant but that doesn't mean he doesn't he didn't make a lot of mistakes along the way and like what we're all saying not consolidating is an important thing because as soon as you die gone yeah like there's um a great conqueror terrible ruler yes and like that's um that's what i was looking up because there's during the second punic war between rome and carthage um there was this uh, carthaginian named maharbal and he criticized hannibal he's like you know how to gain a victory but you don't know how to use it and i think that applies to alexander because mm-hmm. the smartest thing would have been to you know consolidate because oh yeah yeah uh, as you're car- as yeah. you're covering now, the madness that comes after. <laughs> yes, a lot of it happens, but yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about the fact that a lot of these empires that grow from like a tiny speck into something absolutely world-spanning, the problem is that they take tiny little tribal politics between small families that are regional and then just spread it out across an empire. And now, great, we can kill each other over it. Yeah, and also, yeah, I think that probably. If Alexander wasn't murdered this time around, he probably would have been murdered if he had survived longer. Absolutely. 100% agree. Yeah. Just because... 100% yeah. agree. Which means that his paranoia towards the end of his life wasn't unfounded, but you know what? I'm not going to give him any credit for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like his paranoia is like... a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's the other thing. People dislike yes. him and it work, and he gets more paranoid and it gets worse. He yeah. would have been paranoid anyway, yeah. Meredith, did you uh, chime in on... Yeah. Do you think about the um, assassination? Did you think... Yeah. Okay. I guess mine's only one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Complicated answer because I'm a comp. I, I, I complicate things. 
I think Alexander was in on it. I don't think Olympias was in on it. You, you, oh, what? Inter okay. What? I wish, How? listeners, I wish you could have seen the faces that Umberto and I just made. <laughs> because you, you think Alex was in on it, but not Olympias. Why? As we have all covered in our respective podcasts, everyone likes to dump on Olympias, and it comes from a lot of misogynistic places. Fair. The, all of the... The, the stuff about her poisoning Artadias early in his life, which led to his mm -hmm. disability, stuff like that. The snake stuff. I mean, in, like some of that could be true, but there are a lot of times they're always they're twisted, you know. Yeah, no. Powerful women are always portrayed as like these incredibly yeah. evil witches because other how would they be powerful otherwise? There's no exactly. other reason why a woman would be powerful. So clearly, she must be the in incarnation of evil. Yeah, you all mentioned that with what you you made the very apt comparison to Agrippina, mm -hmm. and it's just like I mean I can't say any any better than you did, Sariel. It's just you know, powerful women are always portrayed as achieving and exercising that power through subversive means, and so I look at that and you know the, the stuff about the snake and you know and that and that cult you know that could have been a legit religious cult I'm sure it was but I whenever I would read it I always just get those vibes of her being portrayed as some sort of sorceress other kind of thing and like dangerous mysterious weird I mean I snuggle our cat all the time and no <laughs> one comes into the bedroom and says I'm cavorting with Hecate or something like that <laughs> I'm snuggling our kitty but why, when she's snuggling her snake, all of a sudden, oh, it's, you know, Zeus, and you're going to lose an eye. But that's what he gets for peeking. <laughs> but, Philip, that is. So I, I just, I see so many things that are just, oh, you guys said this. Whenever something goes wrong, Olympios, Olympios, Olympios. And just like, mm -hmm. it's not all her fault, y'all. And so, mm -hmm. when we look at Alexander, he's petulant, he's ambitious, he's paranoid, he's impatient, he rage quits. I'm having so many flashbacks of previous roommates I've had. And it's just, <laughs> I know the type of guy. I know the type of guy, and we've seen this, the type of guy that does all this crap, but nothing's ever his fault. It's always yeah. someone else's oh, fault. Yeah, yeah. And furthermore, I mean, like, let's also take into account the very patriarchal, misogynistic world that the ancient world was and the reality for women. If this was really Olympias' fault and if she was really that well-known to have been on this, I don't think she would have lasted that long. And if there That's really was that weird. concern... Yeah, no, I, I, I was thinking that I think Alexander was too much of a mama's boy to not have told her or gone her in on the plot. Yeah, that's if a good point. If he didn't start, if if she didn't have the the idea first, he would have definitely said, "Hey, let's kill Dad together." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Happy Mother's like, Day!" Like everyone does. Yes, I feel like that's what you and the cat say when those. <laughs> like, let's, let's kill Dad today. Let's kill Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so is that? Yeah. So who, who does y'all's edits? Uh, I do. It's just it's just generally me. Show it showing up doing beep boop beep boop beep boop beep boop. Yeah. yeah, I do yes. the very rough first pass of like ums and the mistakes and the large oh, gaps nice. of silence, and, and the then I turn it over tangents. to. Yeah, <laughs> I'll come back to him. I'll be like, "You explained this thing to me very well, but I think I'm probably the only one that didn't understand it, so we just need to cut it." <laughs> um, and then he does all the fancier Other stuff of. Moments taking something we said at the end and putting it at the beginning and oh, okay. yeah. stuff like that. 
Yeah. I mean, compared to my to like episode zero or episode minus one that we never published, that's it's more <laughs> it's same. More of a, Absolutely yes. same. <laughs> We should actually like, make it was that... a terrible edit and eventually we should actually really we should, it we should make it available like on patreon or something i th- well we say it like in the first episode it's just like this is like episode one technically but also episode five because when you talk about the stuff that we never released or stuff yeah, like that we did um <laughs> we originally what is our introduction episode and then the philip episode was all one episode and we sent it out to some friends with a survey and we're like thoughts feelings things and i love this friend but i knew it was them even though they didn't put their name they're like this is over 90 minutes long they're like and and they're like and disney's the lion king is only 90 minutes long they're like do you think this is better than the lion king and we're like all right cut it in half oh damn damn and they didn't need to stab you guys. No, no. Oh, we no, asked for it. No, we asked. We, 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 well, it was funny because you got the friends that were like, we're so proud of you. This is great. And then you got the friend that's like, you are not better than the Lion King. And we're like, thank you. <laughs> we needed to hear. But then we got to you minis and we're like, he's just so wonderful. We're not going to cut any of Certified this down. Certified best boy. That's right. Oh, you minis. Such, such a good person. So sad. So sad he didn't end up winning. So sad. Isn't that well. always the way? Also, the oh, the, the silver shields. Why? Oh my god! Excellent old men. Oh, they tick me off. Why did you do this? You won. The battle was over. You just had to wait. And, oh my god! But just no. like we won. Time to surrender. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably oh surrender. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, right? That's a yeah. normal strategic decisions. I think that's kind of like how I would imagine myself if I ever went to Vegas and gambled. It's just like, I won the jackpot. I'm going to sell my house now. I really just got to cover <laughs> my bets. Also, like, the, the, the idea that these guys were in their 70s and yeah, the historical yeah. consensus seems to believe that. Yeah, it must have been just remaining, dropping like flies and just... In the meantime, now let's take Eumenes with us. He is a good boy, but we will destroy him. These guys are like, we're ready to retire, man. It's pension time. <laughs> yeah, but then it is Meredith said, too. It's just the whole idea of, like, they took their wives with them? Mm-hmm. On battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I'm was sorry. not what? a smart plan. Yeah. Who? Uh, well, since we were going on Olympias, we had one of the true. questions that we received was... Who would win in a fight between Olympias and Parasatis uh, if all the things misogynist historians ascribe to them were true? If they happened to be these like incredibly powerful yes, sorceresses, yes, it was actually like... it. Yes, and I w- and I was looking looking up Parasatis's CV this morning <laughs> while preparing for <laughs> preparing CV. for this, and yeah, Parasatis annihilates a family because they. Because they killed her daughter, like not just the close family, like the entire dynasty is gone. The line. Yeah, yeah. She ha- she usurp. She marries one of her half brothers to usurp another half brother and has him suffocated in ash. Oh, yep. This she, is that, this is all starting to ring a bell. Fun. The yeah. ash room was good. <laughs> then she supports one of her sons in a civil war against the other son, and has the people who supported her victorious son, the king murdered in horrible horrible ways she kills the new queen 
but with a cool poison trick, but yeah, have you not ever cool. heard of? Oh, I couldn't probably possibly choose among my children which one's my favorite. Well, she could. <laughs> like, <Definitely> could. <laughs> like, let, let's, ma'am. No, you could. You could. <laughs> you could, and you have. And you did. Yeah, and you did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then she lived to a hundred out of spite because there was one guy she still had to kill and didn't manage to. And then once she killed him, finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> it was over. <laughs> so. She was a lot. And, I was about to yeah, say, I, I feel, I feel I like know. she, I feel like she wins. <laughs> <laughs> She's so, so, all right, well, let's do in in comparison. Let's, let's give a, a rundown, a rundown of, of Olympias. I'm like, okay, so I come from a place that even the Macedonians call rednecks. <laughs> I I tangle with snakes. I sleep with snakes. I will kill everyone around me at any given time. I will get on a horse and a suit of armor and fight. Hashtag feminism, hashtag girl boss. <laughs> I tell my son that he's the son of Zeus because he needed that confidence boost. Um, mm-hmm. And that through me, he's also related to Achilles because he needed more of a confidence boost. I poison his older half-brother. And then I send right. his, I send my daughter-in-law, who's not really my daughter-in-law, options on how to kill herself and (laughs) you know when you get passive aggressive comments but this is just (laughs) dialed to 11 yeah and we haven't gotten to it you all may have covered it but like in cassander's episode i'm just gonna go ahead and sneak peek there's a little bit of cannibalism going on i think Mm -hmm. love that you know just add a bit of spice she killed over 100 people in in macedon when she got in there I'm still going to say Parasatis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I like about Parasatis is the absolute spite yeah. that she had yep. for everybody. Right. She had like a list and she had to go through all of it. Yes. And even though she's a hundred years old, she is not going to rest until that last person is dead. Because we even get... Destroy um, everything. Was it she was mad at the wife of one of her sons? Or who yeah, was yeah, it yeah. in the family? Right. So like, and her son is like, please... Mom, don't kill my wife, please. Like, now I have um, to. So, like at the beginning, she's like, "Okay, you know, I, I am, I'm not happy about this, but you know what? I, I will listen to you because you're my son. I will kill the rest of her family, but I will, <laughs> I will spare your wife. And then she gets back for her. Like she, she goes, she goes back for her at some point, I believe." At some point, yeah, whenever it's okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, well, now, now yeah. I can get her. Yeah, like later down the line, yeah. she still has this like um, vendetta in her. Yeah. Parasatis is the reason that university syllabi are like twenty pages, at least over here now, because students <laughs> have over the years just been lawyering their professors so much that you have to have everything covered in there. Because if you don't, they're gonna say you didn't say I couldn't do this. <laughs> you said I couldn't yep. use my notes. Yes. You did not say I couldn't use someone else's notes. Yep. Yes, nobody this told Parasatis she couldn't have somebody eaten alive by insects, so she did it. Right. That was fine. No, it's like you said, don't kill her. You didn't say don't kill her family. Grammar matters. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was intense. That, just the sheer scale of it in like a 100-year career. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just so impressive how she destroyed so much. And, and just, she built a murdering I, I, machine. Just oh, yeah. because she, just she, because she had so many people to, to assassinate people. that she was like, I can't do it all by hand. I need a machine. <laughs> well, that was kind of my thing when we covered um, in Baby Alex's episode where Roxana has the other two persian wives killed and the primary oh, yeah. source makes it sound like oh, she right. killed them with her own hand i'm like did she do it herself <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a lot oh it's like in the it's like in the office which we're sorry we're those people and she's just like when pam's <laughs> gonna punch michael at the end of the day she's like you need to be worried michael pam got that crazy crazy pregnant strength yeah <laughs> 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 oh my god <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I think Parasatis has it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to have to take this one. I'm glad, I, I'm glad we all yes. came to a consensus. Here. That's true. That's good. We should take notes of this, like Heracles, Aridaeus. Oh, what Limp- we Yeah, what we agree on. and what we disagree on. <laughs> yes. Have a quiz at the end. See who paid attention. I actually, going back to the Aridaeus thing, I actually did some research for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you said... Um, all right, so as a throwing a bone, the Roman historian Justin, not Dustin, that's me. The Justin does say that King Aridaeus was instructed to take Alexander's body to Egypt. I think Arian claims that as well, but then I did a little translating for you. The fragment, one of the fragments of Arian by the Greek historian Photius I did the whole translations here, which I'm not going to try to butcher the Greek, but nice. what I translated strictly was, but Arhidias, comma, the one guarding the body of Alexander, diverted it to Egypt. And now I'm going to like really invite a lot of criticism for me. I take that to be an articular participle, not a relative pronoun, which would mean that it's not Arhidias who was guarding the body, it's Arhidias the one as opposed to the other guarding the body. I see. Yeah. It's like Interesting. it's the, the the Greek weird way of saying of trying to address the fact that like there were other Aridaeuses. And the idea that oh yeah, then Justin also says later that Arhidias was in Cappadocia with Perdiccas before the attack on Egypt. And then we later have an instance where the other Arhidias when they say was like they explicitly say was briefly appointed as regent of the kings alongside oh, okay. somebody else. So like there's an art. Is that, is that still from Photius? Yes, it is from Photius. Yep. Okay. It yeah. is from Photius. And then like in 319, we have an Arhidias who is cited as besieging a town. So I don't know if we keep that or, or toss it or whatever. I just, as I'm. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was looking through my notes and I put so much time into that. I at least wanted to say it. <laughs> <laughs> No, no definitely. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. Not sure how if it's addressed in the paper or not, but hey. Oh, I definitely am going to go. go. I'm going to go find Dr. Morris's dissertation. I want to read that. Yeah, after. sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Oh, also, just because you mentioned Justin, I, I need to put in my obligatory, I hate Justin. Why couldn't you just leave Pompeius Trogus alive and read his work? The end. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So Justin, like his actual history is is actually it's the abridgment of another history by a guy named Pompeius Trogus. And so when we're reading Justin, we're reading his epitome, basically his commentary yeah. or his 
you know. Didn't we have a question on Alex the Fourth? Uh, it was mostly Ale- baby Alex exclamation point. Sure. Uh, I agree. That's almost <laughs> yes. a question. Baby Alex was an individual. And it was exciting. Yes, he lived, he reigned for a longer time than his father. Mm-hmm. That was impressive. <laughs> he, um, he, he was a person. He has a, he has nice sculptures as Pharaoh. He, mm-hmm. you know, looks very athletic for a 10 year old. I but, think the Egyptians were very you know. generous in their description of him because they yes, say that he yeah. conquered things. He had the strength of a lion and they hadn't, they'd never <laughs> met him before. Taking a lot on faith there. Yeah, they're trustworthy people. It worked great. And yet, I will say, it does... Okay, I'll pose the question. Mm-hmm. How serious do you think that people, the successors, were in regard to like, really following him? Or was he just a figurehead in their mind? I don't think anyone would have... I think the fact that... You got to the end of Baby Alex, yes. So the fact that he ends up killed <laughs> by Cassander is just lucky for everyone else that doesn't have to take the blame. I think if anyone else had been the regent, if Antigonus had been the regent, Ptolemy, whoever, Baby Alex would have had an accident and would have disappeared. I don't think anybody really wanted him to be king or cared enough. I think the only people who cared enough to maybe have him be king were all the successors who were left out and didn't have a domain and, and wanted to just reset the playing field but i don't think anybody would have allowed him to live that long but serial yes your thoughts i don't have that many honestly (laughs) just it's a small child and i don't think he would have lasted long either way yeah i guess another way to ask my question it was just like clearly when he's a kid no one's gonna do what he says because he's a kid but like do you think that they were seri- that there was some sincerity in the idea of like when this kid grows up he's going to be the king and we're going to follow him and this is real? Oh, no. I the like it it might have been different if the empire had been somewhat stable. Yeah. Mm. And then someone would have been like well it's worth having a regent and then continuing the dynasty so that we avoid a civil war, we avoid everything just going terribly wrong so some more people would might have been interested in like actually keeping things the way they are or like putting themselves in power but like using maybe alex as like no we are just you know being regent and then like that way i have a chance to take the throne but also nobody will rebel i guess what i'm doing but like everything was like alexander died and everything was just on fire so so (laughs) Uh, you know yeah i i saw one possible universe where baby alex makes it and that is the alternate universe where humanes survives and makes everything okay Mm. and then i think humanes would have been like yes baby alex here's your crown now that you're 16 congratulations you can be king in that unlikely event it would have i think it would have worked i wanted to bring up one point there is this the fact about Alexander the Fourth and his depiction as a pharaoh. I pointed this out in our episode. We can date that. It's around 315, which would be right around the time that Cassander had thrown Alexander the Fourth in prison, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So it strikes me as odd or notable that they put so much effort into 
creating this this cult worship, the dedication, this depiction of him. But if they if he didn't matter, like why go through the effort? I feel like that falls in a little bit with the the fact that even after Alexander IV had been killed, the successors until like 311 or something uh, continue to sign things in the name of King Alexander IV. And they weren't kings. They were just, oh, they were just generals for King Alexander. And I think it was just a manner of nobody has any legitimacy otherwise. I think so that's we it. need to find a way to pretty it up. Because otherwise, I'm king just because I have the biggest army. Sure, that works, but only for so long. Yeah, there's, a, there's this... There's this component of constitutional theory, and it's going to sound silly and repetitive, but it's like one of the final steps of developing constitutional thought is constitutional rules, and it's the idea that not only do we all agree as a group on something, but we all agree that part of the identification and membership of this group, whatever it is, is contingent on us following the same rules. Like, not only we're in a group, but you're only in this group if you follow these set of rules and I think Alex the fourth and Ardias that's the role they played which is unfortunate because that means they're basically pawns and figureheads but it's just that idea of exactly what you said is like otherwise we're going to rip each other apart we all know we're going to backstab each other so the only way to prevent you know me from screwing you over from screwing you over is just the idea of like okay we can all agree that we're serving under these kings and that's the bond that's keeping us together which is to say, no, they didn't care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, the the universe I seeing it working is, in is um. If he'd been a bit older, when Alex died, mm-hmm. like if he had maybe been. Ten or so, because things fall apart relatively quickly, like in those first four mm-hmm. years, and it's a little different if after four years you're like, well, he's fourteen, like that's almost manhood, whereas in the reality he was only four years old we've got easily another 10 years to have to hold this for him so i think if he had been a little older and could have come of age faster yeah i think that i think if alexander had followed the advice of who was it antipater and parmenion to get married and have a child before heading off on the expedition Mm -hmm. then that child probably would have had more of a chance at least would have made much more sense but guess what (laughs) This is the gay agenda, everybody. This is why the (laughs) Empire fell. (laughs) Dude, you have... It's all Hephaestion's fault. Hephaestion made the Empire fall. (laughs) You know, you conjure memories, and that's a good segue. Um, You conjure memories. I remember I was hanging out with this guy one time, and, like, whatever the guy's, like, walked in, like, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, I'm watching the Alexander movie. And um, I said, what do you think? And he was like... And I gotta give him, he's like, well, I like it, but I just don't like the fact that they say he's gay. Listen, when we were we were talking before about how Alexander liked the Iliad, and he just read, like, the beginning, he got to the part of Achilles just being enraged and murderous, and was like, well, great, I got everything I need to know about Achilles, my so-called uh, ancestor. I think he just got the murderous rage and be gay. Okay. <laughs> I got the two tenets of his personality. I don't know if it was um 
I don't know if it was your Alexander part one or your Alexander part two, but like when the topic of like Barcina and Roxana come up and mm-hmm. Sarl goes like, they're trying so hard to make him buy. <laughs> 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 Which would be fine, you know, like, of course, we also need more yeah. buy representation and it, it buy erasure is very, very yeah. um, intense and prevalent because yeah, people just prefer to like be like, oh, you're either one or the other. And versus- yeah. No middle ground, which is ridiculous. Um, but in, in Alexander's story in particular, I find it so funny <laughs> that like it's no. always such a problem for everyone in the kingdom <laughs> that Alexander just cannot just just get a wife and have a kid so that the empire doesn't just go down the drain immediately. <laughs> and everyone's just like, Alex, please. <laughs> And he's like, no, I'm just going to go conquer this other place. I'll be right back. I just love the vibe you're portraying, too. I can just, like, as you're sitting, I can just, like, see his advice. He's like, will you, will you just you stop it. Just stop. Just stop it. It's like, all right, you've married at least three women. Take him with you. It's like, take like them One please. of them. Like, yeah. One. We don't want all of them to be pregnant. I know. Just it's one. like, you want to keep traveling? Fine. Take them you, with you. Like, do you want a carrot? <laughs> do you want a cookie? What do you want? What incentive can I give you here? We have made up a son. And that didn't work. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? Yeah I, yeah, I just love the fact that Roxana becomes pregnant just like, Two months after Hephaestion died. Mm-hmm. They had like four years of being married before, but nothing. And then two months after Hephaestion's gone. I feel boom, bad for child. Roxana in that regard, because she's like, really? When your best friend dies, then <laughs> then I get I some yeah. sugar. <laughs> I feel bad for Alex. Like, yeah. I'm sorry that Hephaestion Still. is dead. Still, he went and exterminated a whole mountain tribe to feel yeah. better. As you do. <laughs> Yeah, of course. See, every time I try to root for Alexander and be like, you know, he has some like he has some good parts. Like as as mythology goes, right? right. That's like this character. There's barely a person anymore. But and then you remember that like he does he's a just lot. The worst. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the thing. Like, well, yeah. Or I feel like any uh, any moment of ingenuity where you're like, oh, that was brilliant. You realize. Well, that also ended with the destruction of some town. So, like, I look at, you yeah. know, the the island of Tyre, and I'm just like, oh, that oh, is just, right. like, so impressive. You built a land bridge, so now that yeah. this thing, like, to this day isn't even an island anymore. I'm like, and then you massacred all those people. <laughs> Everybody is So okay. I don't yep. think I should uh, really celebrate <laughs> that. Or, or Thebes. Oh. When even Alexander, oh, fe- like, when Alexander feels bad about it, and let's just go ahead and call a spade a spade. <laughs> Dude's probably a sociopath, okay? Let's just kind of say it. You don't get to be any kind of dictator That's without, you know. Yeah, you're not an effective conqueror. Or what you don't want to do in these situations is tell someone that their dad is a god because then anything I do, anything yeah. I do, it's like, but I'm a god. Yeah. Like, I'm essentially a god. Yeah. So, can't do no wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's like in, like, I think in, like, the book of Job and, like, and you know it's just like when they're with God and Job are arguing, and God at one point is like, "I'm sorry, did you create the world? Were you there? Have you le- have you slain Leviathan? I'm sorry. When you do those things, then we can talk." But see, the problem is Alexander's the type of guy who's like, "Well, yeah, I'm the son of Zeus." Yeah. So I technically, you know, kind of basically did those things. Of course I did. I was yeah. there. I just don't remember it right now because I don't feel like it, but I did it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It must have been so annoying to everyone around him when he kept conquering and kept winning. It was like, God, he's gonna, it's gonna all go to his head more. He didn't need more to go to his head, but duh. if he failed once, but no, he never does. I can tell you, Umberto, that speaks to my soul. I am that guy. I know I'm salty about it. I know I'm bitter about it, but it just makes me mad that he just kept winning because every time that I was like, yeah, Alexander was 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 dumb. He was he was stupid. He was just like he was he was arrogant frat boy. And they're like, yeah, but he conquered. I'm like, yeah, he did. I know. But like, Damn it. it's just so many times it was luck. Like the whole thing of like when he almost died and how many times in battle. There were there were so many injuries and at the beginning. He could have just died because he because he lost supplies. The Gedrosian Desert. He could have just disappeared there, which would have been very nice and yeah. mythical. I think yeah. historians would have loved that. Now, how many times did but, he get sick and just not do it? Like someone put a knife in this guy. Seriously. And they did. And then somehow he was fine. He was from fine. The injury, they pierced which, his lungs. That was cool yeah, too. He had a four how foot arrow through the chest, and he walked away from it. It's not fair. Like, after this, it's like. Yeah, how, how are we going to convince you that you're not the son of Zeus? <laughs> like, honestly, I'm beginning to doubt myself. That's it. He makes you gaslight yourself because maybe I am wrong. <laughs> maybe he is that cool because he gets a four-inch, air, four-foot arrow through the chest. I have student loans to pay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the loser now? You know? Yeah, just need to find a, a statue of Alexander to fall to your knees and cry in front of. <sighs> Damn it. Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. Well, I I really feel like we tapped into a good conversation with the uh, sexuality in the ancient world conversation. So I definitely invite us to return to that. Please do. Always happy to (laughs) chime in, but also I kind of wish I actually knew more about this because I, you know, it's a complicated, nuanced topic and there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of smart people who actually study this properly for me to just be talking out of you know, whatever I feel is correct. Uh, I'd like to invite you to tell me what, tell us what you think. <laughs> cool. Excellent. Um, I bring the knowledge of being a queer person online in 2023, you know, <laughs> and, and what the conversation that that sparks around whenever someone brings up a historical figure and is like, oh, this person was so and so and like uses modern labels. And then there's always someone who is like, oh, but you can't use modern labels. And then there's someone else who is like, oh, but you can't understand uh, this kind of description of a feeling in the way that we understand it, like nowadays or in, uh, and it's always like, man, can we just agree that like humanity has always have what we like has always had what we nowadays consider queer people in it because it's just part of being a human being like sexuality and gender identity and presentation are just a huge spectrum and every um culture has um gone about it in their own different way and there's also a very clear and very um tangible erasure of that through western um history and through western historians and western culture like that is you undeniable yeah along with a lot of other um 
things that have been lost uh, about these cultures, right? Like the fact that we live in a colonized, uh, colonized world, like has impacted how we look at history, which is then a problem when we're trying to look at the past and when we're trying to look at other cultures. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's why I brought up the anecdote of the friend of mine who was watching Alexander, because what I was trying to get across there was like, you know, even, I shouldn't say even, because of course we're still having these issues, but like, you know, 2,000 some odd years later, it's still just that point of contention because some people just can't wrap their head around the idea of a non-heteronormative, you know, sexual presentation, you know. Which is ridiculous because, again, as, as much as you want to discuss about, like, Oh, for example, in like ancient Greece, like homosexuality wasn't understood how we understand it now, or like it had to be with this or this other, or like, I don't care about that. Like the issue that we're having is like, you're looking at this through like the bigotry and the like phobia of a world that has been already, um, not indoctrinated, I guess is not the correct word, but like already taught like that there's one correct way of doing things and then there's deviant ways of doing things. And that is relatively new in the sense of, it's not new that people push one way of behavior on a society, right? But it is relatively new this particular way because this is how the world works now in like the past, I don't know, like maybe 300 years, the Western world. Which is not even, you know, the entire planet or the human race, because it isn't. We constantly see how um, colonizers, like, push down other cultures, like, traditions and ways of expression and ways to understand things, because that's what it does. It just, it makes everything uniform with the one way that they consider correct to... So, if it changes from place to place, like even in the same time, imagine through time, like there's all these millions of cultures, each of them with their own understanding. So yeah, it, of course it's still a problem. I, I hope it won't be a problem forever. I hope we'll just not only regarding queer issues, but just regarding race, regarding just different costumes, different ways to just live that, humans will stop um, just trying to make each other change into like their own pre-conceived um, like I'm not being very eloquent right now. Yes you are. Their own preconceived mm -hmm. like order of things because like the, there's not just one way of being human and that's just preposterous thinking that like with the how many billions are we on the planet right now eight um eight yes like that's ridiculous that you would think that there's one way of being that everyone needs to follow yeah like please mm -hmm. <laughs> can we can we please not kid ourselves so so yeah you were bringing up like yeah your friend was like oh i didn't like that they they showed him that like this is you know they're pushing uh, this is representation into my movies and it's like how this like your point of view is not like in the entire history of humankind 
it's not like the mainstream because it can't be because like it's it hasn't been in most places for most of the time it's just where it is like where you live right now at this moment yeah mm-hmm. i think yes. people need a bit more perspective and a, to be aware of you know a bit more empathy and realize that most of this is not really it's not harmful to allow for diversity yeah i mean like I, as you were saying like it's stuck in my head i just wanted to like talk and like it's not your story dude like yeah. the whole the, like the vitriol of like the another guy agenda i'm like it's not your story it's alexander's story go look at the sources you know yeah and i i agree with you yeah that was really well said uh, i have can you tell i have a lot of thoughts on the matter <laughs> um but i get it that it's a it's a topic that i like discussing because i think it's interesting to hear different perspectives and just how people go about it and what people what people get hung up on right like yeah. everyone finds a different part um that they either find more interesting or have more trouble like coming to terms with or like have a different perspective about it um but yeah i ha- i'm i'm really happy that nowadays not that it's only happening now like i'm pretty sure there's a group of people who have always been trying to like um avoid this like retelling of history because there's always been people who care about what is actually what you know quote-unquote actually happened or like how (laughs) things were understood (laughs) which i guess is also what like uh historians and anthropologists do right like trying to understand things from the perspective of other times and other cultures which is really difficult because you don't always have someone with that perspective to ask and to be like why is this different for you or what do you think about this yeah i mean yeah no that that i'm happy that at least um it's being done more and more that the um is there even an an expression for this like the decolonization of history and like yeah trying to yeah um revisionist do away with like yeah with with like all of these stereotypes and all of these like retellings that have been so ingrained into like the way we have taught history for such a long time that we just take it for like this is actual history and then you looked a little you look a little bit into the sources and you're like oh wait actually no this is just some white dude from the victorian times who decided to not mention this whole entire part because he didn't feel comfortable with it for example. Absolutely. I mean, um, no, you, you, you just made so many good points there. Um, I mean, I actually started taking notes. <laughs> it, most historians now, for speaking from my own like humble perspective, from my corner of it, it's not so much the who done it questions, because most historians, most have kind of there's still some room obviously when you find, figure out something new but a lot of it's moving beyond questions of what happened like we know what happened or we know what we think happened or what we've been told happened but now it's becoming turning into questions of if anything it's well why and how but also more historiographical questions of why has it been presented this way um, or right. why has it been interpreted this way? Okay, for instance, um, I forget her name. I always forget her name, but there's a new ver- new translation of the Iliad. When I say new, it's probably Tingle. By 
Um, uh, isn't it Emily Wilson? Thank you. And for Emily the Wilson. for the Odyssey, Thank not you. the Alien. Yeah, Emily Wilson. Like that's one of my go to whenever I talk about stuff like this too. Is like, you know, we have how many? I'm glad you said it the way you said it because how many? You know, old white men do we have translations of the Odyssey and things like that? Um, and so, and, and some people, I'm rolling my eyes for anyone who can't see it, um, which is most people. <laughs> You know, there are a lot of people push me. Why are every every stupid person I give us this is their accent? Um, is like why is it? has got to be a woman. What's special about that? I'm just like, why not? First of all, and what new can this show us? And the fact of the matter is, a lot because the way that these things are translated, a lot of it has to do with the person translating it. I remember one example given to me was how she translated the noun of a, a servant or something like that, or. And one of the examples is, like, people will try to soften a translation of the Greek word doulos, and just like, oh, just my, my, my servant. And it was like, no, 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 no. Slave. Like, do not sugarcoat things like that, you know? Yeah, turns out that there's not just one way to translate something, because you're, especially something as old as the Odyssey, where you're also trying to grasp not just what a person who is living now is trying to say in their language which i guess you could like if you're very privileged you could like ask the person that you're translating from you know if you're translating a book which i don't believe is super common to be able to like talk to the original writer but like if you can i've got polybius on you know speak, <laughs> yeah. uh... exactly but if you're translating from from someone who died many many years ago i you also have to translate for like with your current modern brain yes what things at the time might have meant and now translate into modern language and of course that like that is subjective that is it puts a lot of the translator into the work yeah yeah you're bringing in your internal biases to your translation and like that's one of the things that my advisor, one of the first things he gave me, like one of the, one of the biggest pieces of advice is he gave me. I remember I went to his office. He sat, and when I sat down, he was conversation, blah blah blah. But at one point, he was like, "Well, Dustin, what's your bias?" And I was like, well, "What do you what do you mean?" And like I kind of, I didn't go on defensive, but I went to the whole thing of like, "Well, I I'm trying not to do bias, not to do this, not right. to have a bias." And he's like, "No, no, no, just what's your bias?" He's like, accept the fact that you do have a bias. It's natural. You can't help it. It's just part. It and it. You live in your brain with your experience, so yeah, you have the you bias have a of culture your own you've grown up in. life. Yeah, he's like, and the yeah. best thing you can do is it's kind of like a Jungian shadow thing. It was like, be aware of it, <laughs> incorporate it, acknowledge it, and proceed forward with that knowledge that everything you're bringing forward has a bias. So, I mean, and the reason I I um, released the Kraken. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. else because I was I was really intrigued by a lot of your comments just throughout episodes. Here's two Umberto, of course, but I just I perked up because you definitely I could see I could hear some passion and I liked it because <laughs> I'm really fascinated by gender studies too, and especially with the ancient world. If you want to study toxic masculinity, right? The fact that anyone lived past the age of 35 is amazing because of the heart attacks and the blood yeah. pressure from all the ra- <laughs> all the rage. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I mean, I try to keep it down not not to like tone it down obviously but like we're focusing on history and i do like to focus on the personal aspect of things like i've said many times on our episodes i like that people are still people like throughout all of history history you're you're talking about all of these achievements and like dates and battles and numbers of soldiers and strategies but like when it comes down to a person 
some of the decisions are just like, yeah, people are people. And they make human choices. Yeah. Like, of course, we're mythologizing many of them. We're like, the stories has, have been retold and we barely treat some of these people as humans because that's what a story makes. But you can, I love when you can still glimpse it and be like, yeah, this is, this is just a person. Like, they were probably afraid. They were probably angry. They were probably in love. Like, it's... Yeah. It's humans just doing their thing. Um, and I love when I get to just have a little bit of a comment or a discussion about, like, any of these topics. Uh, gender, sexuality, attraction, just, like how it might have worked and like also you know like i am aware i put a lot of my modern perspective in it and i like shifting things into that area because i enjoy it and because you know i feel like we've been so uh starved of queer perspectives and representation that i'm not going to apologize for putting my own in there you know um especially because yeah i guess there's I am in my own bubble where these things are not like a fairly commonplace, right? And like pe most people are aware of these things. We have our jokes about it um, and history will call them best friends, you know, kind of <laughs> things. Um, anything but lovers. Yeah, there, yeah, there's always the joke of, oh, and they were roommates. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They were cousins. They were buddies. best friends. They were buddies. They were, you know. Um, I, but, but I imagine that not everyone in our demo demographic listening to our podcast like might be as aware so I'm, I'm happy that i'm happy that like you enjoy whenever um i get to go into these topics and whenever we get to discuss them um you know as carefully as we do like i said i try not to go too much into it because i don't really have the studies to like back up if i make any assumptions like i I go for vibes, but <laughs> that might also be interesting to whoever is listening to like have this perspective, right? Because not yeah. everyone might think of it. So yeah, um, I appreciate it that you, you know, that you like it. Um, that's really good to hear. Yeah. Um, how about um, I read you a series of things that I wrote down, which are some of my favorite quotes from you two. Oh, okay. Oh, oh my goodness, sure. Wow. <laughs> Flattered. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, there was especially... Especially some of these most recent episodes I've just been cracking up about. Oh, my God. Good to know. Yeah. I get so worried that, like, everything I'm saying gets... I mean, I trust Umberto editing, right? I tell yeah. you, there's been more, more than to... once where, I've, where we've stopped and I've been like, please do not let this make it into yes. the podcast. That's why every joke um, lands perfectly and nothing is wrong and everything is fine. Of course. <laughs> I try to go to the, I try to go to what we call the Johnny Carson routine. It's just like, if it bombs, I double down and I talk about how it bombs. And, and then you explain enough. the joke because every joke is funnier if you have to explain it. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> because then it's not my fault um, that it wasn't funny. It's your fault that it wasn't funny. And then if I keep going with that, then people start pitying me because I just don't get that it's not funny. And they're like, it's so sad. <laughs> okay, here's one. <laughs> Sariel, I forgot the quote, but Sariel, that's a lot of demands to which Umberto replied, come at me, scrubs. That was about Alex the Fourth. <laughs> yes, fair. Love that. 
And now we're getting to the point where Dustin does not take contiguous notes because <laughs> this is a bunch of stuff that... Oh, yeah, I marked it. There he is. Okay, let's see. Don't worry. I also don't take notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Notes are snakes were involved. Snakes were involved, yeah. <laughs> Literally, I was like, do I have any notes about the Alexander episodes? First of all, I only have the first part and not nothing for the second part and the first part i I had three notes one of the no two notes one of them was snake lady yeah which you know olympia but i didn't remember that and the other was (laughs) the other one was to make a meme the lord farquaad meme uh men with wings and i was like umberto what did this mean? Why did I write this down? And he was like, oh yeah, because Alexander, like, they said that he could only conquer a certain city if he found men with wings. And then, like, oh, I remember that a one. bunch of soldiers yeah, climb a mountain. Um, and so, and I assume not, not many of them made it. And so I wrote down the Lord Farquaad meme of, like, many of you might die, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the uh, notes I had on Alexander the Great. Wow. That's, that's so... I am a great student. All you need to know, 100%. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, here's a series. I think this is talking about... Uh, this was in our Hedias' episode when you're talking about mm-hmm. the post-mortem of Alexander the Great. Oh, God. That was terrible. So here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's see. Sariel. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I'm going to read them like deadpan. I think that's funnier that way. Please do. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, I need a minute. Oh my <laughs> hell. I'm not ready for. Oh God no. Dear. <laughs> and then followed by dear Lord. I I I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time moving on from this. <laughs> then they mummified him alive. To which Umberto replies, God. Well, he wasn't alive for long. God. <laughs> to which I still cannot. Like. Case in point. To which Sariel stated, uh, This will stick with me. For the years to come. I hate that. Why did you have to bring it up yeah. again? I love it. I hate it. You lo- you hate it? That was what I had to rewind and write that down because it made me laugh so much. I mean, I hate the fact that they mummified him alive. Oh, you hate that? Well, he did. Yeah, I don't hate my reaction. I think the reaction is very on point, actually. Yeah. I watched way too many, well, for a period, I watched way too many, like, you know, medical drama, like House and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, and like, so I know just enough to not know anything. All I know is like from the stuff, like, what if he had like locked in syndrome where he was like conscious oh, and aware God. the entire time, yeah. but he could not move? And he was like, this oh. This anxiety so bad. He's like, oh, they're pulling my brain out of my nose. That's. Yeah, you're hoping they did the brain out of the nose first and then the rest probably made it easier. But you know what? You know what the lesson is? If, you, if you're hoping that, probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> ancient history if you're hoping the good version happened it didn't well that's always my joke too and like it's come up a few times with meredith and just like so everything's going right everything's going well let's mess it up yep yeah everything yeah our our the episode that's going to come out this sunday basically has that everything is too quiet let's destroy it because we need something fun to happen okay good mm. everything on fire mm-hmm. oh yeah i know i know exactly the episode yeah. i hated that that was so ridiculous. <laughs> Hated that. Because it was literally that. Just like, it could have been, it could have been fine. But I guess not enough was happening. So don't you just get like, you know, like you made a really good point earlier. So it was just like, I just remember these people are human. God knows I do stupid things. 
but sometimes you just you just want to you just want to go back in time solely for like skipping all the good stuff you could do with time travel just so you can go and shake them by the shoulders and be like why i need yeah. to know why what were you thinking just slap them yes be like yeah can you stop <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alexander yeah, with Alexander burning Persepolis. Like yeah, I do. Yes. Why? Yes. I I, I, I recently saw some some things and there's still fire marks on it. And it's like, my dude, why did you have to burn this? It was it was a nice place. It was yours. You didn't need to. And that's what annoys me about Alexander, the social privilege, because it's just like he has these moments of impulse like, Yeah, burn it down. You know, it's just like kill it all. And then like the next day he's like Oh my god, who did that? That's terrible. <laughs> oh no. Kill this other yeah. guy. I was poorly advised. Mm, yeah. That's terrible. It was my advisors. What happened? You said it. Yeah, yeah, he's like, and like then the guards are like, if we tell him he did it, he'll think we're blaming him. And then he'll kill yeah. us. <laughs> oh no. Alright. So here's a question. Yeah. Yes. As a Persian king, mm. how do you think he did? <laughs> uh, well, we went into it during the rating, but as a Persian king, he absolutely sucked. Because <laughs> he took an empire that was nice, it was recovering after a period of a bit of stagnation, and it was improving, it was doing better, and then after Alexander, it's gone. Like, no, And not only is Iran just... going to not have a native dynasty for the next 200 years... Also, all the different cultural elements have been destroyed. The records of the empire are gone. Cities have been burned to the ground. A lot of people are dead. Civil wars abound. No. How? Yeah, it's Ariel. I, I'm just, like, my brain is just wondering right now, like, how did people come to mythologize this man? To, like, such an extent, right? Like, to such a... Because, yeah, I get a great conqueror, but, like, where... Like, after actually reading and, like, listening to, like, through all the things that actually happened before him and after him, and, like, how... Why did you choose this man to be the person you want to imitate? Like, why? What, was he just pretty? Like, what? <laughs> Honestly, what? Why? <laughs> It's a nice statue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will, I will say, like, at, at the most, like, bare bones on paper outline of facts, it's pretty phenomenal. But then, you know, the moment you take a moment to kind of dig deeper and look at the full context of things, you're like... Like, of all the, of all the people you can admire, like, of all the heroes you can have, as, like, as a fellow dictator, conqueror, military person, right... Which is what? Seriously, this guy, the one who like just made random decisions to like you know burn down cities that he already owned, like, and who, whose empire essentially <laughs> collapsed after he died. See, see, when you phrase it like that, that was that was a delayed hit. I was like, yeah. oh whoa, yeah, mm, like, I own this, burn it yeah. to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, I think that's why I was I saying. You know, I, I'm almost more impressed with his father, um, Philip II. Because yeah, yeah. if you yes. if you want to talk about somebody that took their realm, like, in a state of crisis, in a state of flux, and left it 
you know, good and secure with an heir um, who was an adult, <laughs> uh, you know, and every like had revolutionized the military and gotten everything set and yeah. stabilized and good so that you could even entertain the idea of leaving your country to go conquer another conquer country. Right. To me, that means so much more than you being able to win battles, conquer, you know, another empire, not to sell it short. But as we said, you know, it didn't last. Yeah, it doesn't last. Like he had it for his lifetime, and then it was gone. So, uh, you know. Yeah. My question for you, actually, is how well do you think Alexander would have done as a successor? To himself? Of himself, yes. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> if like, he had been to suddenly himself. soul passed <laughs> into someone else. That's a great question. I actually am going to... I have an idea, which is why... Oh dang! Um. <laughs> yeah, I hate being put put in this spot too. <laughs> well, it's more that I know if I'm going to. Yeah, I won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's undeniable strokes of brilliance there. It's this tricky thing because, you know, we would kind of go back and forth about what do you hold against somebody? Because on the yeah. one hand, we sit there and we're like look at the mess that came after he died and yet he's dead and like can you lay that blame at his feet solely i yes. mean i i yes okay yes. <laughs> <laughs> i will say from like a military standpoint since most of what the successors seem to be doing or trying to do is gain military control over the empire and stabilize it i think in that aspect he probably would have been good because we did see some like moments of pretty genius and strategic military tactics so i think he in terms of a successor like once again i don't think he'd be the person that once everything was settled to actually be able to run it but i think you know for example kind of like Eumenes, he was getting things settled militarily. Now, Eumenes was the, you know, the triple threat. He could have conquered it, settled it, and ruled it. Yes. But I think Alex would have been a good person to to deploy to areas of unrest and put down, I don't think, the administrative parts there. I mean, we discussed in our podcast that Alexander made for a great general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. not a great ruler. Mm-hmm. But, but, like, if yeah. he had stayed as, like, military ruler for like uh, under philip's command like unstoppable yeah yeah in my opinion alas yes Dustin. yeah but the <laughs> problem is i don't think alexander would ever have been satisfied in any no. form of a subordinate role no um, no, no which is why we all do seem to agree that he definitely was in on his dad's death but do, how would he do as a successor could you do it i don't think so i don't think he could um, we actually do have a little bit of a comparison for that. You'll, I know that you all ran into him, uh, Demetrius Poliorcates, the besieger of cities. Oh, yeah. I see. Yes. Okay. Who's basically Alexander, you know, <laughs> the 2.0 or something like that, in the sense that he's the he's the example of what would happen if Alexander did not get lucky every time. I feel. Yeah, I can Which see that. Which Demetrius is this? Uh, this is the one of the earlier Demetriuses. Uh, okay. You you remember when Seleucus is an old man and just throws off his armor and, and says, do you really want to work for this loser? Just come to my side. And everybody was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Remember him? Yeah. Yes. He's the, he's the guy that drunk that drank himself to death. 
Yes. Oh, yes, yes, right. Which, let's I be remember. honest, given enough time, Alexander yeah. would Alexander do the same too. thing. And well, some that is, argued that, is, that that's what yeah. it did do. I was like, that, <laughs> is, that is one of the supposed causes of death. It happened. Yeah. 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 He was brilliant general, like you all, like, uh... Yeah, like, to be fair, since the since the empire that he was handed down was relatively uh, stable, like, that was the time to go out and conquer, right? And he was the guy to do the it. The problem is, he did it too well, yeah. to a point where, <laughs> you know, he didn't bother to actually, uh, what is it called? Consolidate. Consolidate what he had, and so, yeah. I, mm. Now we flip it, so let's imagine that he was in an empire that was on the precipice of collapse there would have been people who would have viewed him not as the leader, but viewed him as a very credible threat. They would have murked him. Yeah, I don't think he could have done it. He would have been one of the power players. I'll give him that. Hmm. But charisma, undeniable. Undeniable hmm. charisma. Undeniable prowess on the battlefield. Exactly. So if it came yeah. down to actual battles, like, you know, some kind of civil war, like deciding who will get to rule, he would, he would have done great in those. But then I don't, then I don't know like what he would have done afterwards. Yeah. He's such a good I example mean, of the power of charisma, though. Oh yeah, sir. I was going to mention this, like when Meredith, you before said, like, oh, the statues are really good, right? Or the because I was like, was he pretty? Like, why are people oh. so obsessed with him? <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I I mean it in in a serious way. Like, I, you know, marketing has always been important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Alexander's marketing, you know, in a way was incredible of like how appealing he made himself be or like people made him be after the fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love mm-hmm. how you can see on the statues how they like get progressively more stylized. And like the first ones we have are very like he still looks like a real person. And then he just looks like, you know, a representation of Apollo, which I am like, <laughs> yeah, there's come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think you even shared with me that like instant later statues we see of pompey yep. he has the same hairstyle yeah as Alexander. just mentioned that in the last yeah. episode we published yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were about to publish but yeah it's just that whole thing of just like the little tuft in the middle of like the youthful look i'm like comb your hair <laughs> <laughs> but also like, don't get yeah. me wrong i i do love him because i do love this representation of of uh alexander like i it it aesthetically is just very pleasing and very interesting but like that's why then when you get to actually look at the person historically, you're like, what? Yes. <laughs> what is going on? Who is this man? But the other thing about Pompey's statue, because um, he's he's a soft boy in that in that statue, mm-hmm. and that's the reason too, because the Roman style was verisms. Like, if you were, <laughs> that's what I always, <laughs> whenever I introduce in my class, I'll show up like a classical, like just standard, you know, Roman bus. I'm like, look at this man. This man is ugly, and he wants you to think that he is ugly. He wants it because he's like, I need to look rough and tough. Yeah, it's like a real, you know, Ryan, r- Ryan. rugged person that, you know, kind of looks like it could be a person. Yeah, yeah. The... I've seen a thing or two. Um, but with, you know, Pompey seems to be emulating that youthful Alexandrian look. Yeah, I, I love how 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 much into it Pompey gets. He's he's just such an Alexander fanboy. Like it's such... we mentioned this in the episode we got where we are where but when Gloss he gets player. Yes. when he gets all the way to Armenia, he we- he wears Alexander's cloak. He asks a passerby, "How far is India? Can I get to it this way?" Just see him with like a map. I'm just like, "Is it on I-95? We take a left here." <laughs> 
And we missed the exit. It's like, well, he cut through that desert, and that went great. So let's cut through the desert, too. Let's try it. Let's go. Desert, too. If you could do it, I can do it. Anyone who wants to come at me for not being nice to Alexander, I'm like, he told his soldiers, let's go march into the desert so someone can totally give me an objective opinion on whether or not I'm really Zeus's son. That's (laughs) at the top of the list of things you need to do when you're conquering the Persian Empire. Go march 350 miles west into the desert, get lost, talk to snakes, and then (laughs) have no suspicions when you get there and they come out like, the son of Zeus, and he's like... I told you. <laughs> Pack it up, turn around, we're the, done. The epitome of this could have been an email. <laughs> yeah. Yes, could have just sent a letter, it would have been fine. They would have probably said he's the son of Zeus anyway, but still. I, well, I do the talking to snakes. He just learned that from his mother. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's just keeping okay. it in the. Listen, snakes are just cool animals. What can I say? Love them. <laughs> I've never seen an upset snake. Me neither. Do you have what kind of snake do you have, Sariel? I had no no longer, but I had a boa, a boa imperator. <gasps> adorable, very chill. Imperator. Yeah. Because <laughs> real generals don't have to get you know toxic men, you know boy rage. Exactly. <laughs> real generals declare themselves emperor after winning a battle. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we need to be heading out. Because mm-hmm. we've booked ourselves a massage, yes. and we're gonna go get it. Oh, nice. It has jealous. Congratulations. Uh, it's been so long. Yeah. Please enjoy it. I think I look. I think when I look down, my hamstring just like tightens. <laughs> so, thank you so much for this. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. We was had a great time. It was really fun. I pity whoever has to edit this, but. Yes, we'll figure out who that is. Not it. We'll see if we make make one episode or two. Just rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, Yeah. I volunteer as tribute. I have one final question. Can we do this again sometime? I'd love that. Very happily, yes. Once you get to the Seleucids, we have lots of stuff to do and talk. And Antiochus the Great, who is is best boy. Yes, him. He kind of deserves it. Man lost his teeth. Aw, well, I'm sure a lot of people. But kept going. Mm. Have you been kicked in the face by a horse? No, I was stepped on by a horse. There you go. Dang. It's fine. But yes, very happy to redo this another time. This was so much fun. Lots of fun. It's very good. Some kind of outro, I guess. Thank you to everyone who has tolerated this, and I hope you all enjoyed it. We know we have over here at the old standard. We did, too, here in the ranking Persia, because the not real name is long. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. This has been great. Mm-hmm. Really, really enjoyed great. this. And, and thanks, everybody, who listened to the very yes, end. Thank you, lovely I, listeners I you from every end. Our listeners are awesome. We love our listeners. Yes. Lovely, lovely people. Thank you for listening. So thanks. We hope you have a great one, and we'll catch you on our respective episodes next time. If you haven't checked out... The Alexander Standard, please do. And go listen to So You Think You Can Rule Persia and see if they ever answer the question. <laughs> We're trying. All right, <laughs> Eventually. Take care. Okay. Take care, All everybody. Right. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.